What's up? What's up, Roller Agenda listeners? Keith London coming to you this morning. It's 8 a.m. 8.04 a.m. What's today? No, it's Monday, November. Monday, November 8th. Coming to you guys. I feel hard. We've been talking about various topics. No one set topic. Um, finish. You're ready for this next season coming up, 2021 flying and breeding season for everybody. Some people probably have already started breeding for next year, which is not a realistic thing for us here because we won't really get the babies out because of the all the BOPs here heavily dense right now, so we won't be able to get the birds out. <clears throat> but so everybody should have a pretty decent year. Um, don't, if, you, if you didn't get a chance to fly all your birds and you lost a lot of birds, such as myself, don't look at it as a loss. Just take in what you have, what you what you bred this year, and just go through the pros and cons of your breeding. The main thing here is to always remain objective. You know what I'm saying? Open-minded. Always don't see your, people see their cups as as half empty. Instead of half full, there's no such thing as a waste of year if you got a chance to fly some birds. You got a chance to see other birds come in and which ones didn't come in, how they come in, see how they would be valuable to your further breeding. So just learn, just watch for that. I lost a lot of good birds, but I did have a good year to me because I got a chance to see a lot of matings. A lot of birds, I flew a lot of pigeons and got a chance to see some really good ones. Some not so good. Um, but what I learned is I didn't breed too many bad ones. Like bad. Um, I had what? Maybe, was he one, two, three, four? One, two, three, four. Four birds, I think, rolled down. Um, of the four birds that run, rolled down, they were all off siblings. It's crazy too, because each of those siblings made some of the best birds in the case of those same maidens that flew for a couple of years. So I'm trying to think, was it color length or what was it? What could it have been? I didn't get a chance to fly enough birds to figure that out, really. See what, what, what it could have been, but um, all the, the roll downs, well, no, and well, no, take that back. They weren't all siblings. They were all related. So I know that. I know that. So I, I didn't figure out was the color length or whatever, because one pair, um, if the bird didn't roll down, it stayed dangerous. So then what I do is always backtrack and see who the parents are and see where it came from. And I noticed that on one pair it was the hen. She, she's all, she's, she has always thrown hot birds through her record, but she's has always thrown some pretty good ones too. Really, when I say pretty good, I mean they they're above good. So I say, now so you hear me say pretty good, I'm talking about above good. So if it's good, it's pretty good. And so I know that, but she's always thrown birds that were dangerous, and I had to figure out why that was happening. So I narrowed it down. That's so what I did was. I put her to a, the cock, a cock bird that was stabilizing. I mean, that would be good for her as far as stability. 
but won't take away some of the spin and frequency. So, and and that was that. And that was and that was that. That's done. But that pair is not not with me now. Uh, I donate that pair to um, the SIRC. I think it was. So the person that that pair, he should have good luck with them. He still might get a, a hot one or two as far as frequency, but the spin and everything else, that's not going to be a problem. So I, I, that's why I put it with the cock. I think would take some of the heat off, but keep everything else. Okay, now we got um, the other cock. The, the cock that she was married to. Um, he'd be going to burst similar to the hen, that hen, but without the heat. But everything else still remains the same. See, what I did is I, I, I've learned to identify certain performance traits, markers in my family of birds. Um, most have not done that yet. They're still building, still figuring out. But most have been flying for five years. And you should always have a clue of some of what some birds are there for. Right? But I've learned, I've identified... Well, my birds, I've been bringing my birds for my family, my base family since 1990. And the smokes, smoke birds are the, are the, are my base. That's the base. People say, you have any birds close to a smoke? I said, dude, smoke was born in 1990. I lost smoke in 1993. How close do you think I can get without jamming them up? Which is not really that important. As long as the base and all the performance traits are still there. So every bird I breed goes back to smoke, period. There's no way around it. Top and bottom. Yes, I use platinum was a different bird. Um, the sizzle bird I just got is a different bird. The worm cock was a different bird. But they but the worm cock came in in 2006. Understand? This is 2020. That was 14 years ago. So he's he's embedded in there too, not as much as he was, but he's still in there. And then you got the bull eye springer, which is matched just as much as smoke, because all the smokes, all the best birds, all the uh, smoke stuff I put to him. It, every mate he had was a smoke bird, every single one. And he's in smoke. It's in 100% of the birds I breed at about a 30% rate, maybe. Bull eye spangles in 80 to 85 percent, 80 to 90 percent of my birds at about a 50 percent rate. No, about 44 45 percent rate, maybe because everybody goes through them, but anyway. So I figured out the birds don't give me the heat, and I already know how to fix it already. I already know what birds to put it to, I already know that that's not gonna be a problem. That won't happen again. Just follow this next year coming up 2021. I know it won't. And then you have the birds I use are just to be made, are made just for as transition birds. Let me explain that. Some birds were made just to keep the transition from one from one, one side of the family to the other side of the family. That's all they right. They bred to be in the be middlemen. Even though they are already related, I think I take one side of the family to another side of the family. That's when I get the hot birds. Why well, I made birds as transition birds to go from one to the other. So I did. I took my most stable bird and put to the hottest bird of one side. 
got a baby. And I made another slave bird, put it to the other side of the bird, and got another baby. I've taken them birds, I took those birds together, flew those birds this year. And those were the birds that was that, that, that they had the frequency, they had the collective impulse to roll on brakes. They treated well. Home escape was pretty good. They just weren't what I would call hot. They're the birds that will go on the brakes, but won't, won't be the birds that go individually. They won't go individual. And I noticed that. And I noticed that they don't come in early and they don't get deep. So, I mean, by, they don't, don't come in early. They come in, they, they might start flipping at three months, just flipping around three months. And then by six, seven months, they start to be five feet and they don't get past 20. But once they end, they end and they maintain. Yeah. That's the work I do. That's the kind of work I do. And then, now those birds are going to go to the the hotter sides of the family. And that's going to bring back birds from a little earlier, a little deeper, so-so. And I'll just deal with it from there. I'm not trying to make 100% just straight stable pigeons. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not trying to do that. I need birds that I need that little heat factor. If, if one, if we go one to a hundred, and fifty being medium, one being nine rollers and one hundred being roll roll downs, I want my birds right around in that sixty percent, sixty five percent. You feel me? I want them. I want them there minimum. I don't want them at fifty. Because if one is if one, if one is not rolling and the hundred is rolling down. I want to burst at a minimum of 65. I don't want them at 50. But I know you need the 50s to maintain that 65. I understand that. Until you get everything set, and then you can take that 50. It'll move over. And then, so, so forth. I do not want them at 80 and 90. If 100 is rolled down, I do not want them at 80 and 90. So the best I might want to get is 70. Maybe 75, maybe. And you'd be good. That's just how you just look at it like this. Do that diagram on your birds. The birds nine rows to roll to roll downs, one through a hundred. Fifty is the middle. If you keep your birds on the other side of the fifty, you're probably better off. Especially here in Southern California, we don't have the time to wait for birds to be taken nine months to come in because not guaranteed they're gonna be around nine months. The trick is getting birds to come in and stay in and maintain safety. That's the trick. And most haven't mastered that yet. How do you master that? Figure out your birds. Figure out what's 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 what? What's what? Okay. Okay, now going on to what I, what I did, what I'm doing now. So now I've identified all the birds, most of the birds that give me what I really, 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 really need and want. Want and need, see. What I want is birds to roll all the time and break all the time. And that's actually what I need them to do. See, if, even if I'm not flying competition, I still want the birds to do the same thing. That's just what I like. So, and I know what birds I need to make that happen. So I reach, I reach around all the birds I have placed. See, I was smart. I didn't sell my pigeons. I placed them. Here, man, hold this. Take this, take this, take this, and breed them. You're gonna have, you're gonna, you're gonna get some, you can get a chance to breed them at least a year. At least, so you got a whole year to breed them. And if you give them too much time, right? Like this time of year, I give it to them, so they had all the next year to breed. If 
I came back for it, I came back for it. If I didn't, I didn't. So some I let people keep for two years, two full years. So now the third year, I want to try them. So I've been reaching out getting certain birds. Not all of them, certain birds. I was going to sell everything else, but I said, no, y'all just keep them, keep them, keep them, keep them. What it does is it helps them out, out they can take the birds, they can keep breeding them. And keep getting stock off them, flying, flying stock off of them. How it helps me is if they breed something good that I think can help my program, I can reach for one. I won't say give me all of them. I say, you know what? I want one of those. When you get a good hand, let me know. And for the most part, all the guys say, no problem. Actually, all the guys said, no problem. And I might go over and say, damn, that's a nice one right there. What's off of? They say, that's off. That man, you told me to do it. Or maybe not. I did this or this. That's all. That one came out pretty nice. You got any more of those? They say, oh, yeah, I got about three or four of them. Two in this kid, two in this kid. I say, let me see the baby ones. The baby's not even flying. I say, okay, let me get this one right here. You don't want one of those that's flying? I say, no, you keep them. I'll take a baby. And people say, why you take a bird that's not flying versus a bird you can see roll? Because I trust my birds. I believe in my birds. You know what I'm saying? It's when I stop believing in my birds and trusting my birds when I start declining. I start trusting my eye. Because my eye and gut is what got me to where I was anyway. All them birds I picked with people, I didn't pick none of them birds out the air. Not one. I picked all them birds from the ground. I wouldn't advise people to try this. I just think I've learned or I was gifted. So, or I was gifted to learn. You guys get that? I've either learned or I was gifted to know the birds. Or I was gifted to learn the birds. You understand? So, and I've been like that since a kid. I've been in a spot roller since I was a kid. But I'm not always right. Uh, my percentages have grown up since I got older with experience. But I don't have to fly all my birds and see which one's going to produce. Because you, one thing you got to understand is this right here. The roll gene, the roll gene, is not visible unless you fly the pigeon, right? The reproduction gene is not visible really until you breed the pigeon. Period. All birds don't carry both. I think, and I'm starting, I'm starting, I'm starting to believe that there's evidence in my life that that proves that people say. Oh, hen, what you see is what you get. No. No, that's not that's not true. Because, especially as far as color. Especially as far as color. I've learned that that's not true because I have a blue check with white flag cock, right? Um, bet him 613. He's a cock to make the Nova birds. Okay. His mother is a red spangle. Her father is a red spangle and her mother is an ash red mixed wing, right? Okay. His father is a red check self. His mother is an ash red check self and his father is a blue check self, right? Okay. Nowhere back there has have, have you heard me mentioned the bar gene right nowhere 
no bars all the way back. There's no bars and none of burns. Now I put him on my black white flight hand, which is off of a red bar and a lavender, which is platinum, right? They threw black and whites, duns, lavenders. They threw one red bar cock. No, two red bar cocks. Okay. Now, she's a black and white. I put her to the blue check cock and they produce bars. So, I know that it came from the hen side, the bar gene, but they say hens, what you see is what you get. It's like they don't hide, but that's not true. I just found that out. She threw bars and it's not one. They threw several. <clears throat> the first one, which was a superstar, was a blue bar self. Superstar. Awesome pigeon. Nice, tight, everything. When it was a baby, it caught my eye. I said, I really can't wait to see this one. It was the first time mating. So, no, second time mating, but I didn't get a chance to fly the birds. Like other people fly them, and I don't, I don't know what they did, but anyway. So, the first time I flew So, I'm flying this bird in a nest mate. Nest mate, I lose in the birds went up to clouds one day and lost two birds. And that was one of the ones I lost. Okay. But the blue bar came in about, you know, start flipping like everybody else, you know, you know, spinning short flips, you know, this spins. Then, and about four months, she was like 25 feet, like a bullet. I'm like, oh, shoot. So then while she was rolling, another one, a younger one, was spinning at the same time. And it also was a blue bar. White flight, though. So, I'm like, damn, where is this blue bar coming from? So, the only thing I can think of was the mother. So, I can think of the mother. She carried her mother was a bar. So, so I know that hens don't don't always mask. I mean, they don't always be sock. Let me see what I can say. 100% what they show you. No, not, not, not even close. I know that for a fact. So, I just threw that thing out the, out the door. So, now, when it comes to certain colors like dilute, that might be true. But she's a black, white flag. She threw me red, blue bars. And threw one red bar. One, I lost that one. Like, like the first day out, it's, it's one to fly. It's took off and start flying. But that's neither here nor there. So, so I, I've learned how to identify that kind of stuff. Sex link matings like ash red and blue check. And, Stuff like that, and then I try to uh, take those markers and associate them with performance, but it don't work. It don't, it don't go with my family of birds. It's the way I've color balanced over the years. Color, the color don't dictate how they gonna perform or if they gonna perform. It don't dictate that no more. Whereas, it you kind, it kind of used to because the way other people bred birds that I've got birds from, but now it don't. So. Yeah, so I know I learned all that this year. This year was very educational for me. Very. Mm. I learned that if I have certain birds in the air at the same time, what my kid can do the possibilities, their possibilities. I learned that which birds are good for what. You know, I learned a lot of stuff. So I've learned this, this year. I've learned. I pay attention. I learned. So, <clears throat> so I, when I got these birds back, what I do was start letting birds go. But this is how I let the birds go. This is what I do. 
if somebody called me and said they want a pair, I'm not gonna say, oh, take this and this one. What I do is I lick at all the birds I'm willing to let go, and I'm willing to let go. People understand that. And now, like all the birds I'm willing to let go, and I cocks in here, and I lick them and say, how, how could they get, how would they make the best pairs possible that I would breed off of? So depending on what somebody really wanted or how much they were willing to spend is how I would pair them up. If somebody came and said, I want, I want two, I want to buy a pair, but they only want to spend $100 a bird, they're not going to get the top bird, the top two birds that will be a top mating. They won't get those, you know. And you got somebody that want to spend $500 a pair, they're going to get a better pair, period. I mean, that's just how I operate. That's how that, that's, that only makes sense. But, but all the pairs will be pairs I would have tried or have tried. That's how that's how that's how we do it. And if you're my friend, I would say, just hold on. You need them right now. But what I do with my friends is I won't sell them. If they really serious, they gotta be really serious. And they really my friend. I ain't my smart just no smart. That's my friend. That that's my friend friend that we talk. You know we talk and chat. And it ain't about pigeons. That's my friend. When no kind of people want pigeons, I say, you know what? I'm gonna let you breed a few pair. Just breed them off of them for a year or two, and I'll just get them back later. And that's and that's the best that's the best deal somebody can actually get. You take birds out of my stock, out my breeders, and let them breed off them for a year or two, and get stock. I get them back; they got stock already. Boom! That's the best I can do. Because I don't want to sell them. And if I sell them, I don't want to charge my friend the price I would want to sell them for. So that's how I do it. They come up, I rem- I retain my birds and go for it. Most guys don't do that. I pair, I pair, if they get a bird for me, like a guy straight in one of my pigeons, so I'm going to plug, I'm plugging. So I started, I gave him a bird. I said, I'm going to give you a bird that's going to go with that bird. Don't put it on nothing else yet. So I wait, well, okay, this one good. Put this on that bird. And I give him another bird. So I'm going to give you a bird for that bird. Just wait. I was feeling about this bird to go. I would do this here. Take this bird, put this on that bird. So when they came to buy, then you wanted to buy a pair. I hooked them up the best pair, best pair possible for the cheapest price. These birds I was willing to let go. And since he did me a solid by returning one of my birdies straight in, I did him a solid. So he got two free pair plus another two pair cheap. Just because he was a good dude and he did what was right. So I met, so I plugged him up. And that's, and that's why I be telling dudes when they strand birds, they want to keep birds. They so so small minded, you know. You want to a bird and keep. Oh, I gotta keep letting the bird. Oh. I'm gonna tell you something. I don't breed 100% of champions. I don't even breed 50% of champions. My champion rate, as far as champ the bird, no, those potential champions, the rate may be in 20% range. It might be. We don't know because they've done their competing men to see if they're really champions. So I'm just saying. So with that being said, I try to help out people, get people as much as possible, which leads to where we are right now, the podcast. This podcast 
if dudes listen to it objectively, with open mind, mind, willing to really learn, they can really, really, really get some pointers. I'm not saying what I say is going to work for everybody. But they can really, really get some pointers. There are people that I know need, need to listen to this. I know they do, but they won't. It's all right with me. And there are people who already know some of the stuff I'm talking about. So they listen to it just to confirm what they already know or to pick up something else. <clears throat> no. But one thing you never hear me talk about is colors. I mean, I don't breed colors. I just don't. It's not me. I've seen some color spin, just some exotic colors, which is the ones that's not natural Birmingham roller colors, like opal, Andalusian, those kind of colors, like the lace and all that stuff. I don't, I don't breathe for that. I mean, honestly, I don't even really want one right now. Only color I think I ever bred for was almonds, and I was doing really good with them. I still have the almond family. I'm just not going to breed off of them. It's not trying to breed off of them right now. <clears throat> but I watch birds and I watch people birds and I can tell people that breed for color they breed for it they're trying to maintain the color more so than maintain the spin if they get a bird of color that can spin yeah well, but at what percentage there's only a few people I've seen breed them birds really good there's a few that's all I told this gonna be this, 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 this podcast gonna be various topics, not ones the ones that talk just talking, just talking. So I was watching birds all this year. No, not all this year, but I watched a lot of birds this year. And I've seen some good, good quality birds in some houses. Um, and I've seen some that weren't so good, but I did see some good ones. I did, I, I did see some good spin. I did. I've seen birds that if I was starting out, I would run away from. And I've seen birds that if I was starting out, I would ask, I would inquire about. And I've also seen some that I would definitely try to use if I was starting out. I would definitely try to use them. And you probably ask me, who are they? Who are these people? Nope. The names will not be disclosed right now. We will not disclose that. Only way I would disclose this kind of stuff is in a personal one on well not one on one an open meeting where 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 those people are present. That's how I would do it. If we be present, I would, I might be asking that same question. And if them people are present, I will say who they are. If they're not present, I will not say. It's better that way. It keeps down commotion. You know, keeps down commotion. And, you know, and commotion can lead to other stuff that I'm not willing to go to, to right now. I've been there in my life, but, you know, and I do not want commotion over pigeons. Pigeons is my sanctuary. I do not want commotion in my sanctuary. And you shouldn't either. So, let's move right along. You fly on your birds, you bred them. And people ask me questions like, like this as a matter of fact what I'm going to do I'm going to stop this one because it's already close, going close to 30 minutes and I'm going to start another one I'm going to pick up where I left off the questions people it's going to be called the questions people ask me 
So, this is Keith London. I'm going to sign off now. Roll Agenda. Remember, always select, breed, fly, select again. For right now, it's peace.